Hello and welcome to Day 3 Live, the live broadcast of Sunday morning service at Day 3 Church in Granite Falls, North Carolina. You can learn more about our ministry at day3church.org or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash d3church. COVID-19 is affecting everyone in the country. Many people are facing struggles right now that no one could have foreseen. Layoffs, loss of income, isolation, others find they're working longer and harder hours with lots of stress. No matter where you fit into this list, one thing is for certain, we need peace now more than ever. That's why Pastor Lynn is doing a series simply titled Peace. Join us for part nine, Clear Pathway Walked with Peace. Here's Pastor Lynn. Good morning. You go ahead and take your Bible and, and turn over to Psalm 119. Uh, that's the <clears throat> psalm that I joke with kids sometimes when we're getting ready to baptize them. I'll, uh, I'll say your parents want us to read all of Psalm 119 while you're under the water. <clears throat> if you know anything about the Bible, you'll, you'll, that'll catch on in a few minutes. Uh, longest chapter in the Bible. I don't think anyone wants to stay under the water while we read all that. Uh, but it is an amazing chapter in the Bible about the Word of God. And I'm going to encourage you to spend some time reading in and, and Psalm 119 this week. I'll try to remind you of that near the end of the message. Today we're just going to look at one verse. So uh, go over to uh, verse 165. And as you're uh, getting there, I'm just going to kind of revisit the question that we've been uh, talking about in this series. And, and that is whether or not uh, you would like to have more peace in your life, whether you'd like to have more peace in your life. Now, when I did that in the first service, some of them kind of laughed, like, of course, I want more peace in my life. Uh, when I did that in the second service, Jeff Taylor was sitting over there, and Jeff was kind of like, duh, you know, whether I want more peace in, in my life. Uh, but I think all of us would say that we'd like to have a more peaceful pathway uh, in our lives, especially in light of what the last few uh, weeks and months have been like. All of us would probably say, sign me up uh, for a more peaceful path. The problem is this, at least it is in my life, and uh, you can speak for yourself, I guess, but here's the problem. Life trips me up sometimes, does it you? you know? I, I think the, the world system is almost predisposed to, to trip us up. We've got an enemy by the name of Satan that loves to put uh, little road mines out by the uh, road as we're trying to live our lives, and he wants to get us off track. Uh, we might be trying to stay on the pathway God wants us to be on, and then we find ourselves on this uh, rocky pathway or this slippery slope and uh, wind up over in the ditch or something instead of being exactly uh, where God would like us to be. So uh, while we want to have a more peaceful pathway, a lot of times that doesn't work out because it seems like everything is aligned to cause us to have the absence of peace. I think Satan dearly loves to send things that rob peace from our lives. And that's why I want us to focus on this uh, one verse today. If we really, really want more peace in our life, I think this verse we're going to read is a foundational verse in all the Word of God, to be honest with you. The more I looked at it this week, the more I realized, man, this is a really, really, really important verse of Scripture. Not to say that others aren't. I'm not saying that at all. But this foundationally, and I think you'll understand as we go through it, it is a very important verse of Scripture in the Word of God. Uh, I'm going to read it to begin with in, in the ESV, uh, Psalm 119, 165. Here's what it says. 
Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. Now, the King James put it like this. It said, great peace have they which love thy law, and and nothing shall offend them. So we'll kind of bring that word offend in uh, a little bit later. But I want to ask you three main questions today, just kind of three straightforward, simple questions that come right from the Word of God. So here's the first question. Do you want great peace in your life? Do you really, really, really want great peace in your life? Now, some of you might think, man, after all I've been going through, I don't even know if that's available or not. Uh, but look at the way the Bible phrased it there. It says, great peace have those. So that sounds like it's a possibility to me. Doesn't it sound like it's a possibility to you that you can have great peace? It says, great peace have those. The word in the Hebrew that's used for great uh, means, you know, great in abundance. Uh, it means great in size or number. It really kind of gives the idea that God really, really wants to give you great peace in your life. The, the root word uh, means to cast together. So it almost gives the idea that, that, that God is saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to grab all my peace. I'm going to cast it together, and, and I want to invest my peace into your life. Now, additional root word that the word is built from here when it, when it says great, uh, it means to reign. So you kind of park that in your mind for a minute. I'll come back to reign in, in a moment. The peace that he's talking about, the same word we saw last week and the week before. It's not the word peace that means to bring back together that which is separated. This word is the Hebrew shalom, which more or less means, I've got all the meanings up there, but I'm just going to kind of roll it all together. It more or less means this. God's peace is this. He wants what's best for you. He wants his best for your life. And you can see in all the, the, the meanings of that, that God wants what is very best for you. He wants you to be completed from his viewpoint. So, so honestly, in light of that, I want you to ask yourself the question again, do I really, really want great peace? And I'm setting you up. Yes, I am setting you up. You may know that. But do I really, really, really want great peace in my life? Because if you honestly say that, if you honestly say you want God's best, if you honestly say you want God's shalom, God's peace in abundance, if, if you are, are really saying that you want God's peace in a large quantity, in a large size, number, rank, quality, all those things that, that meant there, do you want what God says is best for your life? Do you want God to, to rake together all his best and say, here, I want you to experience great peace in your life. Do you really, really, really want that? And if you just answered yes, I want to ask you a second question. Second question is this. Do you love God's word? Do you love God's word? Now, I, I want you to answer that to yourself, and I don't want you to answer it, well, I know how, what the preacher wants me to say, you know, or what God wants me to say. Yes, of course, I'm supposed to say that I, that I love God's Word. I don't want you to answer it like that. See, here, here's why I'm asking this question. Great peace have those who love your law. So the, the word for love there. 
means to have an affection for, to love like a friend, to love even in an intimate fashion. And I'll unpack that a little bit in a minute. The word for law, your law, is the Hebrew word Torah. And it talks about the, the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments. It, it kind of points to the, the, the first five chapters of, of the Bible. But the word Torah is built from another word that means to flow as water or to rain. Remember me said park away rain in your mind a minute ago? Or to rain. It also means to lay or throw like shooting an arrow. It means to point like pointing a finger. You ever have anybody come up to you and do like that? <laughs> I'm sorry, one of my friends here in law enforcement, I thought, of course he's had that happen. But we all probably have, right? You know, somebody come up and want to do this to you. Some of you work in public and you've had to experience a lot of that lately because of the environment with things, you know, especially if you're in retail or something like that, people coming up with a loving attitude and doing this, you know, and, and, uh, it, and everything. Well, but it, it, it means to point the finger and to teach. So I, I want you to answer the second question, just like I gave you a chance to, to answer the first one, an, answer it in your mind. Real quick, I'm going to hesitate just for a minute. Answer in your mind, do you love God's Word? You don't need to call it out or anything. I just want, I want you to focus there for a minute. Do you love God's Word? Now, if you said yes, can I ask you something else? Do you read it? Do you, do you actually read it? A friend of mine years ago, I didn't know him real well, but he's a pastor in the same area when I was still in Wilkes County where I grew up, and he wasn't too far out of seminary, and uh, um, either they taught him to do this or they didn't think to tell him, I don't know if y'all do that or not in church. But anyway, he, he was pastoring a small church in, in an area called Trap Hill, North Carolina. That is a real place, okay? And, and he's up there, and he's reading the Bible uh, and acting like he's reading the Bible. You'll understand that in a minute. And he reads something in the Bible, like from creation or whatever, and he's ripping the page out and he's throwing it in the floor. He said, y'all don't believe that anymore, do you? Now, now remember, Trap Hill, North Carolina is filled with rednecks, okay? And whether they read the Bible or not, they were getting mad. And he said he could tell on their face they were just about ready to come up and pull him down and he said, now, y'all are really mad at me because you thought I was tearing pages out of the Bible. And then he showed it to him, and he said, it's not the Bible. You just thought it was. It's not the Bible. It's a different book. And I was tearing pages out of a different book, throwing them down. He got really, really mad at me. <laughs> and then he dropped the bomb on him. And you don't even read it. Ooh. So, so if you say you love God's Word, do you read it? We, we need to go a step further. <laughs> do you apply it? Because what good is knowing truth if you're not going to apply it? I mean, it's like going on a trip somewhere and, you know, you've got a, a, a road map that tells you where to get where you're going and you think, I, I, I'm not going to pay attention to that. Do, do you really apply it? Do, do you take time to read it and do what it says? I asked this question, or uh, not this question really, but I alluded to this in the first service, and as soon as I said it, and you'll understand why that happened in a minute. As soon as I said this, men especially, when we buy something that comes with an instruction manual, how to put it together, 
We don't think we need that, do we, guys? <laughs> as soon as I said that, I saw a woman in the first service turn and look at her husband, just like that. Because after all, we're, we're men, you know, so we, we just toss it over the side and we start putting it together. I've done that before with a shelving unit, and, and I realized that about halfway through it, uh, it'll look like the picture. So maybe I need to get this book and look at it a little bit. And guys, my point is this. Sometimes our life doesn't look like God wants it to be. We're not given the, the picture of what God wants our life to be. So, so just maybe, just maybe we need to take his guidebook. Just maybe we need to take his instruction manual and, and apply it to our lives. Because just reading it and then not paying any attention to what it says, that's not really beneficial to us. The, the Bible needs to be like a guidebook. It needs to be like a, an owner's manual for life from God's standpoint. I mean, I, I know this is meddling a little bit, but I, I don't know. I think God wants me to do that sometimes. He meddles with me. Can, can you honestly say that this is a final answer to what you ought to do and not do in your life? Can, can, can you honestly say that you use God's word as a final decision-making factor about life? I mean, when temptation hits or whatever it is, are, are you allowing the Bible to direct the actions that you have in life? Can, can, can you say God said it and that settles it? I know every now and then I'll throw this out, but it seemed to be appropriate again. But I, over the years, I've always thought it was a little bit comical be riding out across the you know, countryside and, and see a church and someone well-meaning and put a sign up, whether it be the pastor or some member. God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. <laughs> and I, I just started thinking, man, if God said it, that settles it whether you believe it or not. Whether I believe it or not is settled if God said it. That's what I'm saying. If we want greater peace in our lives, if we want to walk a clear pathway, walk with peace, we, we need to be applying God's word to our life. I mean, another verse in Psalm 119 says this, and probably all of you are familiar with this verse. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And that's really great, but that brings up and begs the question, do we let the Bible be that to us? Are you allowing the Bible to be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path? Are you allowing the Word of God to illuminate the choices you make, to illuminate the directions you take in life? Go back to what the, the Word meant a moment ago when I talked about Torah. Are you allowing the Word of God to flow like water into you? Or are you allowing the Word of God to rain? <laughs> down upon your life in such a way that, that it impacts your, your choices in life. The, the word meant also to, to shoot an arrow. Are, are you allowing the word of God for God to take it, for the Holy Spirit to take it, take the word of God, and almost like shooting an arrow into your heart. Are you allowing God, the, the Holy Spirit, to shoot his word right into your very being? Do you allow the Bible whenever you're reading it I hope I'm not the only one this happens to. If I am, please don't tell me. 
<laughs> As you read the Bible, does it does every kind of point out things that you don't want it to point out about yourself? I, I, it, it meant to point the finger, one of the root words that Torah is built on. It meant to point the finger. Do, do you ever read the, the Bible and sometimes it's like God does this <laughs> at you? Because he does to me. And it's not fun sometimes, but it, it's like a mirror to help us see who we are. Help us see how far short we fall to where we understand we've got a, a need of a Savior. Now, you may be asking, because I covered the first point really fast, you know, do, do you want God's peace in your life in a greater degree? Do you want great peace in your life? And I kind of flipped through that pretty quick. The reason I'm camping out here a little bit more is, is this reason, guys. If you really, really, really want God's peace in your life, you have to love God's Word. You're going to have to be reading the Word of God and applying the Word of God if you're really, really, really wanting to have great peace. Because I, I don't think unless we have an honest, active love of the Word of God, we're not going to have active peace reigning in our lives. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not being health and wealth. I'm not saying everything's going to be perfect, but I am saying this. If you'll love the Bible and you'll read the Bible and you'll apply the Word of God to your life, you will minimize the heartbreak and getting off here in the ditch and being impacted by temptation. You'll, you'll minimize the obstacles maybe that you're facing in life if you're allowing the Word of God to direct your path. You'll, you'll, you'll minimize the, some of the difficulties maybe you're facing in, in life because he says here, God's... It's not like God's making a promise. Great peace have those who love your law. Now, for us in, in, in our day and time, that's the whole Bible. That's the Word of God. When David was writing that, he was pointing back to the Torah. But for us, it's all the Word of God, and we need to, to love the Word of God and apply the Word of God. Maybe another way to ask it is this. What is the driving force in your life? Now, answer that honestly. Yeah, I, I'm not going to know what you answer in your mind. God already knows what you're going to answer in your mind. But what is the driving force in your life? Is it culture? Is it what Hollywood says? Is, is it what uh, your best friend says? Is it what you're in the back of your mind? I think I want to do that regardless of what the Bible says. Is, is that what the driving force is in your life? Answer that question. Because you see, the, the, for us as Christians, the driving force in our life ought to be the will of God. It ought to be the purpose of God, the plan of God. And that's communicated to us through the, through the Word of God. We need to, to have a, a affection for God's Word like a, like a best friend. When, when I, we talked about loving God's Word a minute ago, when you think about loving God's Word and thinking about affection, uh, affection, uh, ladies, please don't look at your husband and shake your head about this one. Uh, affection means you, you're honestly fond of the other person. Friendship, it, the, the, the word also meant to, to be friendly. That was part of the, the root word. Friendly and friendship means you, you want to hang out with that person. 
I mean, that's why they're your friend. If, if you didn't like them, you wouldn't want to hang out with them. They wouldn't be your friend. But the friendship means you, you enjoy their company. You really want to be in their presence. So you, we ought to have affection for the Word of God. This, guys, this is our friend. <laughs> so some of you have friends that you think, I, I will trust my life to that friend. I mean, I've been there a lot of times when I was in law enforcement. There were certain officers that I knew, hey, that person has my back, and I would trust my life to that person right there. And some of you have friends that you think of like that. That person has my back, and I would trust my life to them. Hey, this has your back. (laughs) This, allowing this to be your friend, protects your eternal destiny. Because it communicates to you God's will and it points you to the cross. And we'll say more about that near the, near the end of the message. Affection means you're fond of somebody. Friendship means you really want to hang out. So we ought to want to hang out in the word of God. But the word also meant intimacy. To, to love God's word. Intimacy means you're taking it a level deeper. Innocent almost it kind of means this, like you're you're pulling the cover off your life and you're letting people in your life at a deeper level. That's the way we ought to be with the word of God. We're transparent before the word of God. We're, we're pulling the cover off before the word of God. Intimacy also even means that, hey, pull the cover off and invite someone into a really intimate relationship. That's the way a believer ought to be with the word of God, where we're inviting the word of God into our life at that deep level. Level. Make, make the connection here because, guys, it's, it's, it's a simple verse of scripture, but it's a foundational, powerful verse of scripture. Great peace have those who love your law, love your word. So, if you really want great peace, that's why I'm spending so much time talking about the Bible, loving the Bible, reading the Bible, applying the Bible. If you really want great peace, you, you need to be applying the Bible to your life. And if you fail to do that, instead of great peace, you know what you're going to have? You're going to have some guilt. You're going to have some torment in your life because of the bad choices you've made. You're going to have regret in your life because you failed to apply what the Bible says. Isaiah 26 and verse 3 says this, You keep him in perfect peace. Will you think about that phrase for a minute? You keep him in perfect peace. Some of you might have thought, I didn't even know that was possible. You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Guys, in other words, by loving God's word, you keep your mind stayed and fixed upon God. The, the stuff we put in, the stuff we put in here, the stuff we allow into our heart, into our life, that affects the choices we make, the directions we take in our life. So, so the more we allow God's word to, to kind of rule and reign in our life, the more we love the word of God, you know what a byproduct of that's going to be? The more you're going to have your mind stayed upon him. The more you read the Bible, the more your mind will be stayed upon him. And the more your mind is stayed upon him, the greater degree of peace you can experience in your life. 
Isaiah 32, verse 17 says this. And and the effect of righteousness will be peace. In other words, here's uh, something that, that, that takes place. By you pursuing what God says is right, by his righteousness. The effect of righteousness will be peace. The the byproduct, the result of pursuing what God says is right. His righteousness will be peace. And the result of righteousness, quietness and trust forever. That that sounds like peace to me. Quietness and trust forever in God. Loving God's word will lead us toward righteousness. And righteousness brings peace and quietness and more trust in our life. So we're asking three questions today. First question is this. That was the easy one. Do you want great peace in your life? And everybody thought, yes. I think even the most lost person in the world would probably say, I'd like to have more peace in my life. Second question is not as much fun. <laughs> do you love God's word? I mean, do you really love it? And I'll just say, oh, yeah, I love the Bible. I pick it up when I go to church on Sunday. I, I caress it. I take it back home. I put it back on the shelf. And, it, and it's right there waiting on me next Sunday when I go to church. Or, well, I show up at church and they show me the verses on the screen. So every Sunday I get to read some in the Bible on the screens. Or do you love the Bible enough to be reading it daily and, and allowing it to direct your path and guide you? Because that's going to give you a clearer pathway to peace. Question number three is this. Have you been stumbling or easily offended lately? <laughs> Some of you are like, what? Heck yeah, I've been easily offended. Look what's going on. I mean, honest as Christians, it's almost impossible not to kindly get offended and upset a little bit with our culture today. But have you, especially over the last weeks, have you been stumbling more? Remember what the whole verse said, great peace have those who love your law and nothing shall make them stumble. Or great peace have they that which love your law and and nothing shall offend them. So I want to kind of pull that apart in two pieces there based on those two translations. Remember what we're talking about, a clear pathway walk with peace. If you want a a clear pathway in life, you you need to walk with peace that comes from loving God's Word. Honest evaluation time again. Self-evaluation. Don't turn and say you need that to your spouse or to your neighbor or to your uh, sibling or something like that. Have you been stumbling lately? Have you allowed the circumstances of our world, the circumstances of your life to take your attention off of God's word, your attention off of Jesus, instead of keeping your eyes upon him, you're you're focused upon all the other stuff. And, and, And you've been stumbling some, you've been tripped up by some of the traps the devil have put before you. I didn't say this the first service, I did the second service, and I kind of aged myself, I might as well do it again. I think a lot of times we're like Flip Wilson, and some of you people are thinking, who the flip is Flip Wilson? He's an African-American comedian from years ago, and he had this routine, the devil made me do it. Well, that might happen some, but you know what I think what happens more? We put traps in front of ourselves. 
We, we put stumbling blocks in front of our, ourselves, and, and, and it causes us to stumble. So have you, have you been stumbling lately? Like I said, if you've taken your eyes off Jesus and looked at all the, the world situation, maybe you've departed from the Bible, maybe you departed from your focus upon Him, and you're kind of walking the, the world's highway. Maybe you've stumbled and you've fallen in some ditches, some ruts in this world. Maybe your foot's been on a slippery pathway that's been muddied by sin in your life. Because that happens even to believers, guys. Don't, don't act like it doesn't. Have, have you stumbled more often lately? Have you been offended more easily lately? <laughs> in other words, have there been times that you've been on your last nerve? That you've been like one more, one more straw, and it's going to break the camel's back. Just one more. I was going to take just one more little thing, and I'm going to explode. You've been like that a little bit lately? If I hear one more negative thing, <laughs> if, 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 if I keep hearing this stuff on the news, I'm, I'm, I'm just right at the edge right now. Because everything going on is pretty easy to get offended and upset. Here's my hypothesis. <laughs> if you've been stumbling more lately, and if you've been easily offended lately, maybe it's because you've not been loving God's Word, reading God's Word, applying it to your life, and through that, experiencing more peace. Because he said... Greater peace have those that love your law, love your word. And nothing shall make them stumble. So in other words, guys, if we would really, really be loving the Bible, through loving the Bible, reading the Bible, applying the Bible, finding out what God's will is, God's purpose is, if we'd really be doing that, we would stumble less, I think. I'm just reading to you what the Bible says. I don't know if you've ever noticed this. Every now and then I do word studies on Sundays. I don't know if you've ever noticed that or not. Uh, so I did this week, as you've already noticed. And, and the word nothing, you know what the word nothing means? <laughs> Can you guess? It means Nothing. It, it, it literally, the full meaning of it means to be nothing, to not exist, a non-entity. So that just leads me to believe if we're really loving the Word of God and applying the Word of God to our lives more, then it would be less likely, at least you can say that, less likely that we'd be stumbled and tripped up by all the schemes of the world, by all the schemes of the devil. Be less likely that, that we would stump our spiritual toes on stumbling blocks, that we'd face spiritual obstacles in our life, that we'd be enticed to sin, especially to, to worship an idol. It'd be less likely that we'd be falling, that we would be given in to an offense. It would be less likely that, that we would, would totter or waver. I'm just giving you some of the definitions of the word stumble or offend. You're tottering or you're wavering because you, you've got spiritually weak legs and spiritually weak ankles. 
And that's causing you to falter and stumble and faint or fall. Guys, based, based upon this one foundational to me, it's a really foundational passage of Scripture. And if we're loving God's Word and thus experiencing a higher level of God's peace, God's shalom, nothing should be making us stumble so easy. No, nothing should make us be offended so easy. We, we did a staff retreat a little bit more than a year ago. I think back in April, maybe, or the end of March. And uh, the staff and their, their wives were there. And uh, I, I can't remember the exact thing we're talking about right now, so that tells me the important thing was what was said that I, that I remembered. And uh, I think we're talking about children and, and, and things like that. And Regina... talked about how with children and in our in our church body we ought to be saying here little sheep eat this feed on this feed on this feed on this feed on this the God kind of embedded you saying that in my heart and I think that's the desire that she has and John has for their children. But, but guys, let me, that's my desire I have for you. Feed this. Eat this. Allow this to guide you. Allow, uh, uh, allow this to, 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 to keep you on the, the right path. Allow this to help you to where you're not stumbling. Allow the Word of God to help you experience less obstacles in your life. Allow, allow the Word of God to help you overcome enticement or temptation to, to sin. Allow God's Word to keep you from, from falling, to, to help you from being so easily offended about things. Allow God's Word to keep you from tottering or wavering. and Allow, allow God's Word to, to give you spiritually strong legs and spiritually strong ankles instead of the kind that just falter and stumble and, and, and faint and, and fall. Allow God's Word to give you a clear pathway of peace to walk in your life. And I want to challenge you this week, as I said earlier. Turn to Psalm 119. Read it some. See all those amazing pictures of the Word of God. But especially this week, and maybe, guys, from now on, I think it's easy for us to think, yeah, I got that. Maybe from now on, Remind yourself of this verse. Great peace have those who love your law. And nothing shall make them stumble. Ask yourself, do I really want great peace? <laughs> if you do, ask yourself, am I really, really loving the Bible? Am I really, really loving God's Word and applying God's Word? Because through doing so, I think you can stumble less in your life. Main reason why you ought to read this? It tells you about Jesus. Oh, oh yeah, it, it does this. Like I said earlier, almost every time I read it, it does that. You know, that's a good thing. Because if it didn't do that, I wouldn't have seen myself as a sinner. I would have understood how far short I fall and how much I need a Savior. So thank God it does point out sin. But it does more than point out sin. It points us to the cross. It points us to the gospel of grace. That's why we need to 
spend time in the Word of God so we can experience more of the shalom, more of the peace, more of the best that God has for us. I'm going to read two verses from Jude, and then I'm done. Now to him who's able to keep you from stumbling. Does that sound a little bit similar to what we're reading here in Psalms 119? Now to him who's able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless. Think about that. Jesus can present us blameless before the very glory of God. Before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. That's the way we ought to feel about Jesus. Ultimate praise for all time, forever. That's the way we ought to feel about him. And you will increase that feeling by reading this and applying this and experiencing more peace in your life. Let's pray. Father, forgive us when we turn a deaf ear to your word or we ignore your word, we fail to read your word, and we begin to allow ourselves to be directed or driven by the forces of the world. We begin to make our decisions and our choices and our worldview based upon the news media or Hollywood or our best friends or whatever it might be. God, forgive us when we do that. Father, help us to have a greater level of your peace, your shalom, your best for us by loving your word, by applying your word to our lives, by using your word in such a way that it helps us avoid stumbling. It helps us avoid being so easily offended being so easily on edge. Father, help us to spend more time in your word and seek greater peace in our lives. Father, if there's anyone gathered together in this room or anyone that's watching online that doesn't know Christ as their Savior, help them to understand that there's no real peace without the Prince of Peace. Help them to see themselves as you see them. Not just someone that's lost, but someone that can be part of your family. Someone that can be redeemed if they'll trust in the finished work of Christ on the cross. Father, help all of us who already know you to make deeper commitments to love your word and to chase after the peace that you want to give us. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, please come. Daryl, John, and myself will be here at the front. If we can help you in any way, pray with you. If you don't understand fully what it means to trust Jesus, we'd love to share that with you. You, you online that are watching, if you'll make a comment on Facebook or However you watch, if you'll send us an email or call us, we'd, we'd love to try and do more to help you to be sure you understand what it means to trust Christ as Savior. But you know what it may also be a good time for those of us in this room 
or if you're watching at home, maybe a good time to take your Bible or your tablet, you know, whatever you use to, to read the Bible in. Maybe a good time right now to pray during this time of invitation and say, God, help me to love your word more. Help me to read your word more. Help me to apply your word more so that through that I can be more what you want me to be and experience more of your peace, more what you want from my life and walk a clearer pathway of peace. Please stand. God speaks your heart. We invite you to come. Are you in need of greater peace in your life? It is possible, and it starts with being at peace with God. Just pray something like this. Lord Jesus, I realize I need you and your forgiveness. I invite you to be the boss of my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I receive you as my Savior and Lord. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we'd love to talk to you. We're here to pray with you, to love you, and offer support. Please contact us at day3church.com. We care about you, and we want to connect with you. Until next time, this is Pastor John reminding you that God is greater than your circumstances and His mercies are new every morning. It's time to experience a new day in your life.